nothing quite like your presence. So here in these next few moments, we just ask that you be with us, that your presence be poured out over us. There's nothing like being covered in your grace and your mercy. Lord, we long just to be right here with you and one day in eternity with you, God. Father, we pray for each person here as they have come here, not by accident, but for a purpose. So may you speak to them today. May your Holy Spirit cover this place. May we leave here changed and transformed because it was you that caused that transformation. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So as Pastor Mark said, we've some of you have made some, some resolutions I'm trusting, and I know that we're second week into the year, so I'm, I'm trusting that so far everyone has held true to that, whether it's nutrition or, or uh, discipline in something. I hope that you guys are continuing to do that, and, and I, I uh, encourage you guys to, to hold true to those. If you're um, a millennial or a Gen Z and maybe you're like not into the New Year's resolution thing, whatever it is that you've decided to do this year to make yourself better, stay with the course. We're, we're two weeks in, so I, I trust that we can, we can do it. Um, who here likes a good story? Who here loves to hear, and I'm, talking, I'm not talking about gossip, I'm talking about a story. My daughter, Adeline, as you guys have heard, many stories about her, um, she, she has a, a, a bedtime routine. And over the course of her going in her own room and, and sleeping in her bed, that routine has, it's, it's changed a little bit, and, and some stuff has still kind of remained the same. Um, but it, it used to be, back when she was about two years old, her routine used to be that I, I would pick her up, I'd say, it's time for bed, and she's like, put me on your head. So I'd put her on my head, and we'd say goodnight. At the time, my wife was working uh, from home, but she was working nights. And so she was still like on phone calls and, 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 and doing, um, <clears throat> doing her job. So I'd take her in the office, and she'd, you know, kiss Vanessa goodnight, and um, from there we'd go and she'd um, look at the pictures on the wall and laugh at them and then from there we would play timber or I'd fall back on the bed and she'd laugh and and you know then the next thing was for us to to pick a book and then she wanted a bedtime snack and I, I knew that she wanted this snack but she wouldn't say it until we started reading the book and she'd be like I, I want a snack so I'm like, I, I should have known. I should have got it. So every time I'd get up, and it was always an apple. So we'd cut the apple, and, and I'd read her, her book. Um, and then we'd, you know, we'd pray. Um, she always would, the same question, and she still asks, well, who do you want to pray first? And I'm like, well, you pray. She's like, why? Why don't you pray first? And this is, this is every day. This hasn't changed. Um, and we know we'll say our, our prayers, and then she'll go to bed. But recently... She's actually wanted to change up the routine. And not it's still books, and we still will read books, but sometimes she'll say, <clears throat> I want a story. Tell me, tell me a story. 
And so I'll start the story, and I'll say, okay, well, once upon a time. And, and I would, I'll usually tell her a story that has to do with when I was her age. And it'll be something about when I was in school or a story when I was at home and playing, and I, I, I broke something. And I try to find, like, a, a life lesson in the story um, about telling the truth and, and loving your parents. And, you know, I try. And she'll ask me a lot of questions, but she'll sit there and she will not move and she will listen carefully. And then she'll ask, and, and then what happened? And then what happened? And then I'll get to the story at the end of the story. And I'm like, well, that, that's it. That's all that happened. And she's like, well, what else? Well, I got nothing left in the story. And recently, my father, her, her grandfather, got a little bit uh, a taste of this from her. They, they, were, they were watching our, our daughters and they were sitting back at my dad's, my parents' house um, on the hammock, and I'm, I'm hearing this later because my mom and dad were telling me, and she said, she said, tell me a story, and he's like, what do you want to know, and she's like, I want to know how you and Beya, Beya is what she calls her grandma, how you and Beya met, <clears throat> so he's like, okay, and I mean, he loved it, he told the, the whole story and the same questions, and, and then, and then what happened, and, and then... And then she asked, and then and then you had and then you had dad, and then you and then you had a, a, ba a baby. And my dad's like, well, we had your, you know, Mimi first, which is my sister, and then me, and then you know, she didn't ask any more questions about that, which was good. It's not time for that yet. But she sat there, and my 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 dad couldn't believe that she was just so interested in the story. And there's this power in the telling of a story. In church, sometimes we call those testimonies, and we sing about those. And there's something about it that we, we can be, you could be sitting in a class, or you could be sitting in church, and they're talking about theory and all this philosophy, and then as soon as someone tells a story, everyone's eyes just shoot up because they're interested. And there's something about it because it, it allows us to sometimes feel empathy, put ourselves in a situation, sometimes even to imagine or be put ourselves in someone else's situation that man maybe we want to be in or imagine what life could be like when we hear a story tv when when television first started and, and it was it, it hit people's homes and people started buying tvs the main attraction was the telling of stories, but there's something about it that captures us. It gives us permission to maybe even imagine what could be. We know that Jesus was a, a pretty good storyteller, and it would go something like, like this. Have you heard the story about, and then he would proceed to tell a story, and sometimes a parable. Stories hold our attention. And like I said, television, the reason why it became so popular, because it's essentially a storytelling device, whether you're watching comedy, drama, the news, or even a talk show, even the commercials were filled with some type of story. They stir our emotion. They impact us in a way that precepts, the precepts and presuppositions never do. If you want to change lives, you must craft the message for impact and not information. Stories help us to remember. And this is crucial even in testimonies. And we're going to go.
go into that a little bit later. Long after the outline is forgotten, people will remember the stories of a speech, a TED Talk, a sermon. But for the storyteller, the one who experiences these things, the one who is actually telling their account of what's happened to them, those are anchor points. And maybe some of you start thinking about that and, and, and you've, as, as I'm talking about stories, you're recalling some things that you remember, whether it's your childhood or something that just happened. Things that make you recall a specific memory. And in a testimony, it could be the, the moment that you gave your life over to Christ. That's part of your story. And for, for many of us, it's where we find inspiration. It's where we look towards inspiration and, and motivation. Who remembers their first car? I bet you know the exact model, the year, um, how, how terrible it was and how many times it left you stranded. Your first ticket, you remember that pretty clearly if you've gotten one. The moment you accepted Jesus... You can recall, at least I can, the moment, the time, what was going on in my life, who was present, who wasn't, the things that were going on in my life. That interaction is an anchor point for me as I become the storyteller of my own testimony. And ultimately, stories shape, change, and redefine culture. Nothing helps us resonate more than a personal experience. I was at a, a um, leadership convention at, at Fuller, and it was called Growing Young. Some of you guys have probably heard of it. But one of the things that they talked about in redefining and reshaping a, a culture is to continue to tell the stories. Stories of people in your church on how their lives are being impacted and what Jesus is doing in, in their lives. And at a church our size, between Forest Lake and the campus there and here, there's so many of us. And we don't have enough conversations, and we do table Sabbath, and, and we hope that that is kind of a starting point to where we engage in one another and we hear about what's going on in each other's lives. Then we have home church, and, and we, we're trying to foster that. And if you know, the beginning of last year, we tried to start something new, these rhythms, so that these stories would be told of one another, and we get to know who we're journeying with, who this who belongs in this community and, and who's part of it and, and what's going on in their lives because we weren't simply called to just attend a church service, but when we commit to a community, it's, uh, we've talked about this, it's a journey, it's a commitment that we make. But that is how we continue to define our community and culture and create change is the telling of stories. So as I said, Jesus is a pretty good storyteller and in Matthew 13, 31, he gives us a story or a parable. And it goes like this. I'll just read a little bit of it. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants, and it becomes a tree so that birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed 
and about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Verse 34, Jesus spoke all these things to a crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter the things of things hidden since the creation of the world. See, the things that Jesus had to say many times were probably way over our heads. The people that he was talking to way over their heads. So he used the gift, the tool of storytelling to make it real, applicable. And we do that today. <clears throat> if you look at the Gospels, they're full of stories. The Bible is one big story. As the recipient of a testimony, when we talk about our life-changing moment, it's moving. It convicts us. It causes change. Because we, we want what that person went through. But this isn't the only thing that stories do. For the storyteller, the impact is different. For the person telling the story, they were moved maybe by someone else's story, testimony, by reading what Jesus said, by reading his story and what he did for humanity. But for the storyteller, Revelation 12 11 has something to say about this. It says, and we, we sang about it in the very beginning. Pastor Justin talked about it. It says, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Your story, your testimony, it's your weapon. It's how you fight. It's what brings you back. It's what anchors you. It is the thing that you hold on to. When moments come, the ups and the downs you remember your testimony, what Jesus did for you. And it's our duty as Christians, as followers of Christ, to share that good news specific to us with others. Your testimony is your weapon. It's what you think about it. It's what you look back on and say, that was the moment that saved me. When, when challenges come my way, when things don't look so good, when my marriage is upended, when finances are gone, my, my kids have left, things are just not going well, I'm, I'm experiencing a life of Job, it's my testimony that keeps us going through. So, a lot of you have heard my story in the past, I'm not going to share mine today because I talk a lot up here and so does Pastor Mark, but I want to invite two people to come up to share a, a conversation and, and, and have a conversation with me. And I, I talked, Pastor Mark talked about it last week, how we were going to hear about just people at our church in this community who have been impacted, who have been um, plugged in, committed to what we've been doing and how their lives have, have been impacted by this community. So I want to introduce to you Jordan and Jordan. You guys should start a boy band. Be pretty, pretty epic. But these two guys, um, they are pretty involved and uh, maybe you've seen them around if you're uh, in high school and, and Jordan on my right 
you can you can talk about that maybe. Um, but if you're in high school, maybe he's taught you um, a few times. Uh, Jordan has also this this Jordan has uh, is involved here at, at Warehouse Community, but. We just want to have a conversation with them, and, and I want you guys to hear kind of their, their testimony, their story, and how God's working in their life. And I have a few questions to ask you guys, and you guys can answer however you want, and whoever can, can go first. But first, how tell us how you got connected to Forest Lake Church, to Warehouse, um, and what you kind of currently do, and, and help us getting to know who you are. So um, I got connected through to the warehouse community, actually just through being a part of the church my whole life. Um, grew up in the church, um, had people pour into me, um, and actually, you know, Pastor Mark in sixth grade really, really introduced me to, to my relationship and my walk with Christ. Um, it hasn't always been the strongest, but it's, it's been there, and, and with the community that, um, that I've created um, through the church, um, it's just continued to grow, but, um, I decided that it was my time to give back. And so, um, the warehouse community has definitely been that place where I've, I was able to, you know, step up, um, and, and give back to, to the church. Yeah. So I was, uh, looking for uh, a home church in the Atlanta area. Um, and I was, uh, drawn to warehouse first through upper room. Um, and so... Um, started coming to Warehouse, and I was really um, intrigued by the idea of the, the cycles that Warehouse does. Um, table talk, uh, third Sabbath, um, home church, fourth Sabbath, uh, and that was just really interesting to me, and uh, I liked that idea of just um, making church look a little different. And when I had spoken to Mark about it, uh, some, something he said really just stuck out to me, and I asked him, I asked him why, like where this idea came from. And he's, um, through talking about it, at least one thing that he said was that uh, this is, he had heard that this is just coming out of the first year of the pandemic. And he had heard a church leader say, like speaking to other church leaders, saying we as a, as a faith community would be foolish to think that when this is over, we can go right back to doing church the same way we were doing it before. And that was really, that was really awesome to me. And uh, I really liked that idea, and it, to me, it was really uh, empowering. Uh, Warehouse really just established a great way to empower the people to, uh, with the opportunities to make faith and church more autonomous, um, more active, uh, more purposeful. And so I just, I, I love that idea. Um, and I had spoken to him about getting involved. One of the exercises we did here at one of our warehouse services was, it was a service on prayer, and they gave us time to like break out and do our own prayers, and one thing they asked, or they told us to, to do was, a lot of times when we pray, we pray for what we want, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and they told us during that service to pray for what God wants us to want. And that was really powerful for me. I've been praying that prayer ever since that time, and so um, speaking, I just feel really compelled, like, okay, Jordan, like, you, gotta, you gotta get involved now. Um, and so I spoke with a couple of people who, were, who I knew were involved with Warehouse, Jordan, uh, Markia, Mark. Uh, so I was having a conversation with, uh, with Mark about it. And he asked me what I was, what I was interested in, what I, what I wanted to explore. And I said, I don't, I don't really know. Like, I do a lot of, I did a lot of youth work. 
I love working with you. Uh, I used to be a high school teacher for a couple of years. I coached. Actually, my first time coaching was with Jordan a couple of years ago, and so I knew I loved that and did a lot of that before moving to Orlando a couple of years ago. And I wanted to try something a little different. And so um, I think Mark kind of like had an idea that I did youth work or worked with youth because of he knew Jordan and he knew that I knew Jordan. And so Mark was just, he was listening. He's like, okay, great. Yeah, we'll get you involved. And a couple of weeks later, I get a text from Mark on like a Monday, a Tuesday. And he's like, hey man, we're in a pinch. Uh, can you teach high school Sabbath school this Sabbath? And I said, sure, I got you. You know, send me whatever I, I need and I, I got it. So after we had that conversation, I knew what he was doing. Like, and like okay, he's going to want me to teach. He's, he's going to want, like, oh, I'm going to love it. And now he's got someone else hooked into his, his, youth, his youth ministry. It's like, it's not, it's not going to work, Mark. Okay. Like, I know that I will like working with youth. I want to do, I'm the mind, I'm like, I want to do something else. See what else I might be good at. So I taught at Sabbath school, um, knowing I would like it, but just want to do other things after that. And so um, I walked out of there. I remember walking to my car after teaching Sabbath school. And there's only like four kids there. But I walk into my car and I'm like, he got me, man. I, I loved it. That was, that was a lot of fun. Um, so I, I messaged him. I'm like, I'm in. Put me on rotation. Um, so that's how I got involved with Warehouse and that specific ministry. And you, if anyone uh, wants to learn how to play a game called Middle Ball, ask Jordan. He is the, the ma did you come up with that game or is that like, I, I forgot to I ask. keep telling people I didn't. Okay. Um, people don't believe me. So okay. at some point I'll start taking credit for it. Gotcha. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a hybrid between um, volleyball and tennis and you play on tennis courts. Anyway, we, I did it. We, we went out and, and I encourage you to ask him about that later. It's a pretty, pretty fun game, but um, super creative guy, and, and, and that's awesome to hear kind of you responding to a call um, and being all in and open to wherever kind of God has led you, and I'm, I'm excited to see that you've found that spot and have made it part of your story. Second question um, for, for both of you is just where, looking back now that we are, we've um, been warehouse community for a year and you've been journeying with with the church and even in your personal life, not even specifically here, but where, where have you seen, and, and I don't know if you've taken time to reflect on this, but where have you specifically seen Jesus at work in your life? Yeah, so, so for me, um, I know that, uh, again, going back to like praying for what he, um, what God wants me to want. And so, uh, just leading me uh, through that and like what kind of things do I want to pursue professionally, per, uh, personally. Um, and I know that this past year in 2021, I just really wanted to uh, focus on the next thing I could do, the next thing I can control, instead of just trying to be like, man, I don't have a five-year plan or a 10-year plan. I guess I might, I just don't have it together. Um, so just focusing on like the next thing I can do, what's the next thing I can, what's the next action I can take, uh, what's the next uh, action I can take to glorify God. Um, and so I know that's definitely been inadvertently, I didn't go into 2020 with that focus, but coming out of it, that was definitely um, how God was, uh, was speaking to me through that. Yeah, um, I definitely saw God, you know, working in this last year through the connections that I've made with, with many of you that are actually in here today. Um, you know, life is so fun and it's, and it's a good time and it's a good journey, but there's also times when, when life gets hard and, and, um, and you need people, you need a community. Um, and so I've seen God really working through 
um, relationships that I've that I've built and and grown um, with people in here, and just the the connections and impacts that we've been able to to make not only in here but um, also in the community. Um, so I've just seen God, you know, also working and just you know we've made this our our an extension of the church. You know, this is um, something that we've we've come together through worship and through um, offering and and just making this ours and so it's it's been a cool thing to see god really just um impact each one of you guys and each one of us uh, you know us up here that help out um and see how far we've come in, in a year um compared to you know what what the plans might have been or what the hopes and dreams of this would have been um so that i've really seen god working that way and you you said you grew up in this church um so kind of <clears throat> when did when did uh can you think about uh, the specific time or the moment when you decided to kind of make um, the choice for yourself to, to follow Jesus and to be part of, of this community, um, because it's different when, you, when you've grown up in a place, you're kind of, uh, your parents make you go to church and, and you just kind of fall into it. But at some point, we all have to make that decision for ourselves. And, and when was that for you? So, um, like I said, the... You know, for most Adventists or, or um, believers, it's kind of something we're, we're raised into. You, you're born into the church, um, and this is something that we do. It's just something that's it's a natural thing for us. Um, but the the thing for me was, again, the connection. So the first true connection that I made um, was with Pastor Mark um, in sixth grade, and my life changed from there. Um, again, I'm not a perfect Christian, um, and, and I'm not here to, to, to tell you how to do life, but um, the impact that somebody can make on your life, um, they can determine the, the path that you go. Um, even when you slip and fall off and they're there to encourage you to get back on. Um, so I would say some, sometime between, you know, sixth and eighth grade, I, I, I knew that this was the life that I wanted to live was something along the, the life that I had seen, you know, a mentor of mine leading himself, um, whether that be with his family or his friends. And then, you know, there's many family members now that, you know, I, I consider family through the community that we've built. Um, but yeah, the, I made that decision um, when I was impacted by somebody. So the, the power of a moment or the power of an impact that somebody can leave on your life um, just, just remember that you, you always have somebody looking up to you, um, whether you know it or not. So the last question I want to ask you guys, and, and this is, uh, it's a value question and, and what, what do you see as most valuable? And, and we talk about communities. We're not specifically just talking about this space, although that's part of it. It's part of your story. It's part of your, your testimony. And, and I've talked to a little bit of each and each of you on your your testimony at length and and um you know jordan journeyed a little bit together as well just jordan um what is the value in being part of a community and that could be small group it could be your uh, uh jordan on this side you go to i know the home church that you attend um and you know whether it's the, you know, outside of, of this, even the communities that you foster at work or whatever, what is the value in being part of a community for each of you? Yeah, so f for me, it's, um, it's the opportunity to 
be vulnerable, be transparent, um, to develop uh, memories um, and uh, build relationships. And I've, I just, like, I know for me, like, home church has been extremely impactful, uh, and that it's a, a community has definitely been built from that. Um, the game that you was talking about earlier, Middle Ball, like, that's almost become, not almost, it has become its own community in and of itself, and um, home church has kind of, like, crossed into that. So, like, you know, we, people would come to home church, and then we'd say, hey, like, uh, like, we get together sometimes and play Middle Ball, like, you should come out. And so um, they've kind of crossed into each other, um, and it's been... It's been really fantastic. Um, since this past year, and I think in large part, I know in large part due to home church, um, I've, I've built the uh, strongest, deepest, um, most purposeful faith community that I've, that I've ever had. And I think, I know I've always had, and oftentimes we have maybe like two or three friends that we really trust and confide in, but this past year, that, that, that's expanded for me. It's, it's, I can count 10 people um, who that applies to and it's because of community, um, and it's really a blessing to to have to have a space um, where people can say, "Hey, are you okay?" And recently, that happened with me. And it, like, if, if I didn't have this community, it wouldn't have happened. I had multiple friends of mine reach out to me and say, "Hey, are you okay?" Um, and because they reached out, I was able to say, "Like, I'm I'm not okay right now. And I don't I don't know what it is. I got to figure it out." Started going to counseling, but that was that was because that community was able to to know me enough to know that I wasn't, like, something was on my mind, something was bothering me, something was, was on my shoulders. Um, and that was really, really valuable for me. Because, um, again, just the, I probably wouldn't have said anything if multiple people didn't speak up and say, hey, what's, what's going on there? And, and um, the, it's such a blessing to have a space, uh, to have a community that you can, that you can say, um, um, where they can say to you, it's okay to not be okay. And that, that's what the community has done for me. That's what my home church has done for me, is giving me a space to, and they've said to me, whether it's explicitly or through their actions, it's okay to not be okay. Um, and we're here for you through that. Uh, and also a community for people to be excited with you. Even if it's not, like sometimes I share things with them I know they don't care about, but they're excited for me because I care about it. That's extremely valuable, I think. Uh, I think if everyone had that, uh, the world will be a much better place. Yeah, and, and just to build on that real quick, I think he, he summed that up pretty good. Um, and everybody can have that. This is, this is what this church is. And, and I know that there's been, you know, people say certain things or, or whatever, but that is what this place is for. This is, this is for that community to be built. And some of us need to take action in doing that. Um, it doesn't just happen by us sitting back. But to me, community is part of your identity, and um, it's, it's who you hang out with and the beliefs that they have and the values that they have um, that really align with you and make you who you are. Um, and I know that I wouldn't be where I am today, um, like I said, without Pastor Mark and Reynolds and um, these other family members and communities that I've built um, through the church. And so the importance of community is it is your identity. It's a part of your identity. Um, and, and they're there to laugh with you and, and to cry with you and encourage you. Um, and just to, to uplift you when, you know, when you don't feel okay. Um, and so to me, the importance of community is just, you have family that's there, um, to get you through the hard times and to, and to be with you through the good times.
part of each of your testimonies and your stories is, is seeing the value in being part of a group of knowing that you're not alone. Um, other people are going through the same stuff or have gone through the same things. And, and I think Jesus has given us those groups. And, and we've been in the book of Acts all year. And we look at the, the churches and the communities that when Jesus left, the disciples continued to establish. And then within these, there, there was power in these groups and, and journeying with one another and assigning leadership to those. And, and, and you know, I would love to hear those stories of those people in, in those communities. But um, I just want to thank you guys for the opportunity to, to come up. Give them a hand and coming up here and being brave souls. Um, Jordan, Jordan Vargas. Uh, we were jokingly talking about a podcast to, to start, um, and if you're Adventist single or Christian single, talk to him about the podcast. I'm not going to give any more details, but I want to raise your curiosity a little bit. Um, it started off as a joke, and I think he's serious, so I think we're going to have to do it at some point. So what's, what's your story? Do you have one to tell? What does it look like for you and is a church, is warehouses, whatever you call your home church, are they part of that? Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame Satan by two things, the blood of the lamb, Jesus' sacrifice, and the testimony of their hearts, what they had done, what Jesus had done in their life. You can't have a testimony without Jesus. Jesus is the reason you have a story to tell. And I don't know if this has encouraged you and maybe it has or it hasn't to share a little bit of your story with someone else. And maybe what either of these Jordans said, maybe that resonated with you. Maybe you're looking for a group of people, a community to belong to. But first, is Jesus part of your life? And if he is, we'd love to hear that story. As our duty as, as Christians, as followers of Christ, what they just did is what we're also called to do. And maybe, you're, maybe your conviction or what you're feeling today is to share that story with someone at work maybe the friend that you brought or someone who doesn't know and just say, hey, man, I want, to, I want to tell you about what Jesus has done for me. And yeah, we looked at the community side of it, but there's so much more to each of your, your stories. And we pray as, as pastors here of Forest Lake Church of Warehouse Community that this be a space that we're part of that, that we can journey with you, that you can come in this place. And there are people like, like these two amazing leaders and individuals that will journey with you. Maybe it's just to go play middle ball, and maybe that's where it starts. Maybe you're thinking, I'm not ready to like fully jump into a, a Bible study or, or commit to serving in a church, but I'll go out and play a game. Maybe that's where it starts. But what's your next step? This is what we used to talk about in Upper Room. What's your next step? Maybe it's playing a game. Maybe it's committing yourself to a group, to a community that will help tell your story that maybe you can see Jesus more clearly in that.
We're going to sing one more song, but in this moment, my challenge to you all is to tell your story. If you don't know what that is yet, then my challenge is during this song that you pray to God and say, God, I want you to be part of this story so that I have a testimony to tell, that that may be my weapon. It's what I fight with, that your spirit work in me so that others may see you through me and what I do in my work, in my, in, in my home, in this church. If you don't have a story to tell, look to Jesus. Jesus is the reason why you have a testimony. Father God, Lord, we thank you for the gift of friendship, of brothers and sisters in Christ, that we can share of the amazing work that you've done in our life. That when we tell a story, when we read a parable, that it, it moves us to change. That it captivates us that your story, what you did on the cross, the price that you paid, that when we read that story, that it brings us to our knees in surrender. God, we want to be part of your story. We want to be part of the last chapter of that story where we go into eternity with you, God. So in this moment, God, we commit this place, these people, to your throne of grace and mercy, God. May you walk with us. May we make the commitment to walk with you. May we, oh, may we open to the call that you've placed upon our hearts. And at the end of the day, may our story end with Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.